With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Welcome to the NFL! Hello and welcome to another episode of the Rookie Rundown. As always, I am your host, Dallas. You can find me on Twitter at Salad Galore. And it is good to be back talking rookie content, guys. It's been a couple of weeks now since I've put out exclusive rookie content. You've been able to catch me on Thursdays on the Start Sit segment with the FF Smackdown's very own Kyle August. Um, We are doing that pretty much every week going forward. Um, I'm releasing just kind of here and there rookie content as the season is going on, specifically my report card that came out about two weeks ago. And then this will be an episode pertaining to buys and sells for rookies at the midweek moment of the season, basically. Um, You are catching me right now uh, with this podcast I'm recording during an absolute bloodbath that is the Chicago Bears getting their throats stepped on by the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. In the first quarter alone, it is 21 to 0 due to some terrible turnovers and a lackluster defense. Um, But that is all. That's the only time I'm actually going to talk about the Bears tonight. I am going to be talking about a total of 12 players. Um, There will be six buys and six sells for rookie players at the midway season point. Um, And these players specifically, um, the buys are, as they're alluded to, buys that I am going out and trying to acquire at their current price, even if they are highly priced right now. These are guys that are going to continue to eclipse this price that you can get them at right now. So it's advantageous for you to get them early on rather than waiting on them. And my sells are not true sells, though. For me, when I'm looking at rookies, at no point during the season do I ever find myself really saying I need to get out on this guy? Um, It's their rookie season. A lot can happen in between the first year and second year. And honestly, selling during a depression on the value of a rookie player is always a bad move because there's always going to be the crowd. Even if you continue to want to move on during the off season, during said off season in between their first and second years, where there's going to be that off season hype train that always accumulates where players are, understanding the offense better going into their second year are in better shape in their, they were their freshman slash rookie year in the NFL due to an understanding of what's needed to their physical capabilities. So I always think it's advantageous to hold on to players, but if you're needing win now pieces, these are guys as rookies, I'm willing to move in packages or even straight up for other players that still have their value. So these are players that I'm attempting to move off of my teams if I'm a contender, or even if you just want a dice roll, these are players I'm willing to let go of for the same price that I acquired them this season, or if I'm able to get an even higher price, I'm also looking to do that. Also, that is the fourth turnover of the Bears game. I apologize. This is just wild. I need to turn the channel because this is going to distract me, potentially make me cry on the podcast today, guys. 
Um, so without further ado, I'm going to go into my buys. I am going to be breaking down the categories. I have one quarterback for the buy and sell section. I have two running backs and two wide receivers a piece, as well as one tight end for both a buy and a sell. Um, each one has a slightly different reasoning behind it, and I'm going to dive into why I am buying these players. So the first player I'm buying is a quarterback. His name is Mr. McCorkle Jones, and he is the quarterback for the New England Patriots. When it comes to quarterbacks, specifically in 2QB or Superflex, obviously the value will be always slightly inflated, especially if they are younger players. But when looking at Mac Jones, his cost on trade value charts and the DTC calculator has not really climbed up, even though he's been most likely the most efficient and steady producer at the quarterback position for rookie throwers. Um, For him, his consistent production each week comes with no bottom out games or poor showings really to talk about at all. Even through week seven, they just put a beat down on the Jets. Um, He only had 23 points in standard scoring, which isn't that electric, but That's just basically what he's been averaging. He's a steady Eddie. Um, My comp to him during the entire draft process was actually a young Andy Dalton that if he's put in a good system with surrounding weapons, he can be an above average quarterback. But if he has poor weapons around him, he's just going to be a consistent force that does a very middling average score. So right now he's averaging right around that 16 points per game. That's about what you can expect until the weapons increase. But with his depressed, I guess I don't want to phrase it as depressed, but lack of increase in value over the last couple weeks even though he's been the most consistent QB in this class thus far is why I'm pouncing on this buying opportunity you can get him at cost he doesn't have the name value there's still people who think that he's more of a system quarterback than someone that can succeed in a normal offense which albeit is correct in my evaluation but when I'm looking specifically at his value, what you can acquire him for. I'm looking to pick up Mac Jones on any rosters that I may be QB needy or rebuilding in. When I'm going on to the running back position, there are two names. One is a guy that I was talking about on last Thursday's episode. He's been my guy all offseason, and you're finally seeing the dividends if you invested in my man, Michael Carter with the New York Jets. He's seen a steady increase in his snap share. Um, Although all these snap shares that I will be giving you are a little bit skewed on some players due to a increase and beginning the season at a very small snap share. He has consistently been around a 50% snap share. He's at 52, but he's actually seen a steady uh, increase in his snap percentage. This week, the numbers aren't exactly out on week seven thus far, but it looked like he was in about 70% of the plays, which is a hike of about 10% of his average of the last two games. Um, He's currently averaging 14 carries a game with three receptions a game. So you're looking at about 17 touches per game and he's averaging a touchdown once every three games. He's been seeing a lot of goal line work and a lot of reception increased work over the last couple weeks as they've officially phased out Tevin Coleman. He's still the cheapest of all the running backs from the class if you're going out there and trying to acquire him. And guys have been preaching him all offseason. The hands are why we were after him. You may want to classify him as a satellite back, but he's still averaging over four yards a carry. His receptions are extremely extremely efficient and he's catching everything thrown to him and he's getting the goal line work now, which is where the touchdowns come in. So for a boom player that you can get cheaper than any of his other counterparts from the class, I'm attempting to pick up Michael Carter in any of the leagues specifically that I'm rebuilding. in. if I have any veterans that I can flip for Michael Carter, who is only 21 years old, I'm going to be doing that to get 
an RB2 potentially of the next couple of years. It's somebody that I'm excited for. And even on a contender team with all the injuries that are going around on running back, he's a piece you could pick up a lot cheaper that might have some long-term value that you don't really get from some of the other fill-in pieces like a Cordell Patterson, who's been still pretty explosive over the last couple of weeks. So it's just a guy to keep your eye out. He's actually probably number two on this list for purchases that I'm attempting to make on my teams. And I'm very excited with what I've seen from Michael Carter over the last couple of weeks, specifically in PPR formats. My other buy at the running back position is Mr. Travis Etienne. And this one just comes down to a simple James Robinson effect. Um, We were a little bit concerned earlier on in the season with the way that this offense was being run by Mr. Urban Meyer himself. But what we've seen in the last couple weeks is finally a realization that if they lean on James Robinson, they're more inclined to win games that way. We're seeing an increased snap share for James Robinson compared to any of the other backs. There's no gadget runs being run out of the backfield from guys like Tavon Austin or or LaVisca Chanel anymore, and they're steadily giving him north of 20 carries slash offensive scrimmage touches per game, which when you're seeing this time in and time out, it can make you a little bit concerned if you're a Travis Etienne owner. But if you don't own Travis Etienne, I would strongly suggest tossing out a 22 first in order to acquire Travis Etienne. Uh, A lot of people will probably be looking to re-roll the dice, pick up the draft capital, especially because if they picked Travis Etienne early in the 2021 drafts, the odds are we're hoping on an immediate contribution that didn't happen again. So once again, they are pushing their chips towards the future as opposed to a current win. So picking up a guy like Travis Etienne coming off an injury who we're getting reports are might be a little bit more concerning than what it was. There's still a ton of time before he has to hit the field again, ton of time to really understand what he needs to do from a playbook standpoint going forward. Even if it isn't urban Meyer system next year, it'll just be good to get him some mental reps over this rest year, get his body right. And he will be ready to go next year. He has a depressed value from what you would expect. James Robinson is not going anywhere, regardless of the actual staff that they bring in just based off of what we're seeing yet again this season. And so I think you can get James Robinson on the cheap, Um, It may be a little bit of an ugly backfield in the future if both of them are there, but he's an offensive weapon that is electric, has not seen any NFL reps thus far, and could be a good bargain piece to pick up because people aren't thinking about him right now. My two wide receiver buys for the midway season are two guys that have not performed for two completely different reasons. The first is Elijah Moore. Um, I'm going to classify this one as the Jameson Crowder effect. Um, We were concerned about Elijah Moore because of Jameson Crowder. What happened to start the season is that Jameson Crowder went on IR immediately. Elijah Moore came in and then immediately got hurt himself. He played hurt through the first couple of weeks, and it wasn't a good look for him. What happens then afterwards is when he's hurt, Jameson Crowder comes off of IR, blows up week one, and people start freaking out about him. What they haven't been paying attention to is that even though in the two terrible games that they've had over the last two weeks, the Jets are still targeting Elijah Moore a lot. He's running around on 70% of his actual snaps, which is extremely high for a wide receiver not known as a prolific wide receiver one on his team. And the offensive ineptitude of the entire New York Jets offense is really what's concerning to a lot of people that own Elijah Moore. He's a piece that you can easily acquire in a similar vein to Rashad Bateman, who still hasn't really blown up yet. Um, Elijah Moore has not 
done pretty much anything. So he's a guy that a lot of people will most likely be looking to sell and recoup value potentially with a pick that they would have used on him this year in the upcoming draft or maybe even 2023. So if I'm able to turn a 2023 second into a guy like Elijah Moore, sign me up for that all day. Um, It's pushing a piece two years in the future for a guy that I'm still very high on just based off of his athletic file and the upside that he has as a player. This offense concerns me, as I'll talk about a little bit in my sell section, but I'm very high on Elijah Moore still, and I'm trying to acquire him pretty much everywhere I don't already own him, which isn't a lot of places. My second wide receiver buy is Nico Collins. I've talked a little bit about Rashad Bateman. I think he's a little bit harder to acquire, even though he hasn't put up numbers. But my boy Nico Collins is the forgotten man in this rookie class, guys. Uh, It's the IR effect. And the same thing as the Jets, the Houston offensive bias. It looks bad. But in the two healthy games that Nico Collins has been in, albeit he's playing right now, so there's not a lot of stats for this Houston-Arizona game, he, again, is usurping that 60% route percentage on his snaps, which is very high for a rookie wide receiver. He's seeing a consistent target share. He's seen four plus targets in the two games that he's in there, which for a rookie early on in his first two games is not terrible, especially with this offense almost exclusively running the ball and throwing what little they do to a guy like Brandon Cooks. Nico Collins has looked all the part when healthy and on the field of an alpha wide receiver. He just needs to gain that rapport. And I'm telling you guys, he's the guy that you need to pick up now quickly before he starts gaining rapport this season with whoever sticks at QB. Um, We know it's not going to be Deshaun Watson, but I think it might be Davis Mills for the future of this season. And before he starts gaining ahead of steam and seeing these large touchdown games, he has the potential to have those as well as the large target volume, that first 10 plus target game sniffing around the corner i'm telling you guys it's very very important that you pick him up early you can get him cheap he was a third round pick in most drafts so again being able to toss even a 2023 third out which may sound like a not great pick but with the way that people are coveting 2023 picks right now if i'm able to do that to pick up a guy like nico collins i think that's a very savvy move and a move that i'm attempting to make luckily i own him in every league except for one when it comes to my dynasties um But unfortunately, the guy that owns him in that one league is not moving him. Um, He sees him in a very similar vein as me. And uh, I'll give my props to Matty Big Chest. I wasn't high on him earlier, but every time I see Nico Collins, I'm very impressed right now. And I really like what this guy has from a profile standpoint and from a value standpoint that you could pick him up relatively cheap. My tight end buy at the midway season is Mr. Tommy Tremble. Um, his price is still deflated due to the offense ineptitude that we're seeing with this Panthers without CMC. Um, Joe Brady's still has a cool name and everything like that. But, um, from what we're seeing in this offense, there's not a lot of execution that's happening. There's not a lot of creative aspects to this offense. It's just basically them getting lucky if they get deep balls or broken coverages, whether or not this offense produces points, Tommy Tremble, um, with a competent quarterback that doesn't get benched might have a pretty good future. And when it comes to a depressed value, someone that you can get cheap based off of the fact that he was going pretty much as an undrafted free agent or as a fourth or fifth round pick in most rookie drafts, if I'm able to toss a, even, even a fourth um, in a non tight end premium, or if I'm able to throw maybe a third in a tight end premium in order to get a guy like Tommy Tremble, who no longer has Dan Arnold to compete with on this roster. And that hasn't produced outside of two fluky touchdown games. That's something I'm looking to do. 
So moving on to the sell section, I'm once again looking at the players that I'm okay moving away from in order to recoup the value that I either spent on them or acquire a slightly higher value based off of the people that may view him uh, them as higher than what I do. And to lead that off at the quarterback position, that is Mr. Zach Wilson. Um, I want nothing to do really with Zach Wilson right now. Um, I was looking to acquire him cheaply a couple of weeks ago, but I'm just continuing to see very, very bad play and very, very bad decisions. And now it looks like he has a PTL injury after this New England game. He's set to miss time, lose any of the chemistry that he currently had with any of the players on that roster. And thus, just really making this Jets team look pretty bad. He's pretty bad overall from everything that I've seen. If I have him, which I don't anywhere, I'm most likely just attempting to recruit the value that I can get. If you're able to get a first for Zach Wilson, specifically an early first, um, I think you need to take it regardless of whether it is. I honestly think that you need to take a first regardless um, of where the first is if it's a contenders first you should probably be taking it for a guy like zach wilson because his future is not looking very bright with just the terrible terrible decision making that he's playing with um it's all over the place it reminds me a lot of mitch trubisky to be honest with you and it's something that should scare jets fans Looking at the running back position, my two cells. The first one is actually going to be a little bit of a surprise to a lot of people, but this is a guy that if I'm able to get that mid first round value over the next two drafts, specifically even this coming up one, uh, I'm probably moving on from Javante Williams. Um, It's not going to be a popular pick, even with some of our guys and the DWZ network for me to talk about him like this. But thus far, he's averaging a 44% snap share. He's only eclipsed 50% once, and that was a 51% snap share in week four. And he just can't steal this carrying usage away from a guy like Melvin Gordon. He's averaging under four yards a carry on the season. He's only averaging nine carries a game and three receptions a game. So just 12 touches total on scrimmage offense per game. And he's only has one touchdown to his name through seven weeks. He's not performing, guys. He's not performing great. It's all anticipation and prospecting with this guy. We haven't seen anything from him. And so if I'm able to flip him for a mid-first in next year's draft and likely get a running back with the same type of pedigree as a guy like Javante Williams and Isaiah Spiller, it's something that I'm most likely attempting to do. Um, There's going to be quite a few running backs in this coming up draft class that are in the same type of pedigree as a guy like Javante Williams, where they have some cool aspects to their game, some electric plays on the highlight reel, and who honestly, outside of one season, don't have a ton to their name. It's a fun little game. We like to play with these running backs. Um, He's just not a guy that I'm willing to invest the next two years in waiting for him to break away. Um, Usually if they're elite, they show it and it may be a little bit early to cut bait. That's why I said these guys aren't outright sells, but if someone comes to me and offers me what halfway through the season is looking to be a pick somewhere in the range of 104 to 107, in a one QB or even a 105 to 109 in a two QB, I'm probably going to take it for Javante. The second running back is Ramondre Stevenson. Um, I've gone into some stats for some other players, but for me, Ramondre Stevenson, it's just the usage is garbage thus far. Um, His hype of his potential for taking over during a bad performance from a guy like uh, Damian Harrison in New England is the only thing that is actually driving up his price and 
think, value. And he's a guy that isn't seeing any work, is still in the doghouse, has fumbled when he has been given the opportunity. And outside of one preseason showing, um, he's given me some Amir Dula vibes. There's not a lot to his game. And if I'm able to get a third for him, an early third specifically for a guy who's maybe looking for a future piece next year or a later this season piece. I'm definitely going to be pushing him away. Um, he's the type of running back that I'm trying to just kind of recycle through. Um, again, it's early. I'm not just outwardly trying to shop these guys. These aren't guys that I'm trying to basically put out, but I may just put them on the block, see if anyone comes sniffing. And if they're willing to talk shop, then I might be willing to move off of them for the right price. Uh, when I go into the wide receiver position, um, my first guy hurts a little bit to talk about, but it's Mr. Terrace Marshall. Um, it's just the usage Right now, guys, is extremely concerning with an offense that's yearning for offensive weapons. There still seems to be a lack of trust in a guy like Terrace Marshall. Right now, he's averaging three targets a game and has been injured constantly. Um, He's just now out with a concussion, and there's a lot of question marks associated with this Carolina offense. Like I said, um, I don't think the paradise uh, (laughs) is exactly what we thought it was with Sam Darnold. Um, I was never very high on him, and I was never really high on a lot of the offensive weapons. I was high on Terrace Marshall's profile and his void-filling ability with the moving out of some of the players from last year, but just hasn't materialized. Um, If I'm able to recoup a second for him for a team that's looking to pick him up, I may be willing to move him for said second. Um, Again, if it's a first, uh, if it's a mid to early for a second, I'm most likely looking to move him. Um, It's just not something that's looking very great for him. He hasn't produced. um, And it's just a guy that, we see this a lot again with the running back in the wide receiver position that have the profiles, but take a little bit to kind of get things kicking. Um, he's not really shown anything associated with his alpha physical profile that I thought he would. And he's probably my biggest L on the season when it comes to prospect takes that I had before the season. Um, I'm just really disappointed in the usage thus far. So that's why I'm trying to move away from him and move towards a guy like Elijah Moore, who at least is showing the trust of his quarterback and really just the snap share on his team as compared to a guy like Terrace Marshall. A guy that I'm also looking to sell for the right price at the wide receiver position is Mr. Amon Ross St. Brown. Um, rather than not seeing a lot of playing time, it's a guy who's seeing a lot of playing time but not producing with it. Um, it's looking a little bit uglier than a guy like Elijah Moore, just based off of the fact that this offense is a little bit more sound and he is the only weapon currently in the pass game outside of DeAndre Swift for the Lions. He's averaging six targets a game, but has never eclipsed 80 yards, has never eclipsed 14 PPR points. It's just really an ugly situation with Amon Ra. Um, If I'm going to predicate my game on a high target volume player, I want them to come down with a lot of targets. That's something he is not doing with his targets. We're still seeing some inability to separate at the NFL level. It's a little bit concerning for a guy who's supposed to be working out at the slot. Um, He was basically fourth on the depth chart at the wide receiver position before all these injuries happened, and he saw these increased target shares. So when I'm looking at a guy like Amon Ross St. Brown, if I'm able to move him for a towards a contender, basically, um, a win-now piece, or even move him towards a... 
another team that just is thinking that he's going to be seeing these targets next year, I'm attempting to do it. I was never really high on him beforehand. And if I'm able to get an early third or even late second, most likely is what you could get for him based off of this target share right now. It's probably something I'm going to be doing. The last player that I am willing to move off of is a guy who I also wasn't super high on for this season. Um, This is just the tight end carousel right now, but this Pittsburgh Steelers offense looks pretty abysmal. Um, I have no idea who's going to be the quarterback next year, and this could be a move that bites you if a good quarterback does move in. But it's Mr. Pat Fryermuth. Currently, a snap share is sitting at just 41% average through the first seven games. He's averaging under three yards per reception, two and a half basically per game, and he has one touchdown across his first six games. It's a little bit concerning his usage. Um, People like to hype him up based off of his name value, but I said this during the pre-draft process and during the offseason. He is a blocker first as is the case with a lot of big tight ends in the league. And it's just something that we have to deal with. He's going to be a touchdown boomer bus player. I don't foresee him being a huge George Kittle or Travis Kelsey type tight end. And so again, if you're someone who invested a late second or early third in this guy, I wouldn't hate the move of shopping him around for that same value right now, especially after one of these games where he catches a touchdown or specifically if he has a decent game on prime time, that's the time that I'd probably be looking to start shopping him away. But that has been a pretty quick rapid fire over my buys and sells in the midway season point, guys. Don't panic on any players. Just start thinking about the value is the only advice I can give you on these guys. Um, My buys I'm more firm on than my sells. Like I said, just the way that I think about rookies in their first year. And so once again, the players that I'm looking to acquire are Mac Jones, Michael Carter, Travis Etienne, Elijah Moore, Mr. Nico Collins, that one is a rapid response, needs to be happening as soon as you hear this podcast, people, and Mr. Tommy Tremble. And the players I'm looking to move off of for the correct price are Zach Wilson, Javante Williams, Ramondre Stevenson, Terrace Marshall, Amon Ross St. Brown, and Mr. Pat Fryermuth. As always, this has been the Rookie Rundown. It's a pleasure to get down here in a short forum and talk some rookies with you guys, just just a little quick hitter uh, through the DWZ network. Please subscribe. If you're not in the Patreon, you're missing out. It's popping off all the time. Um, you'll be able to catch me once again this coming up week on Thursday with the start segment where uh, basically the advice I'm going to give you every time is listen to every take I have on running backs and tight ends and then do the exact opposite of what I'm suggesting when it comes to the wide receiver position. That seems to work pretty damn well for anyone that has been uh, paying attention the last couple weeks. My hits this week thus far through the first couple games, I crushed it again with my tight end start of CJ Uzoma. I crushed it again with my tight end sit of the Tampa Bay tight ends thus far through the Chicago game. I crushed it with my start of the week at running back in Mr. Michael Carter, who was also my acquire of the running back position on, on this buy sell episode. And then my sit at the running back position got you three points so you are welcome people um i love talking to all of you if you have any rookie questions don't hesitate to tag me in the patreon or on twitter i love talking to them and if you have any questions specifically about idp players or about rookie you know just rookie movement rookie movement at this point during the season is so vital for long-term success when it comes to dynasty that it's very important that you don't move up 
off of players too quickly in the dynasty realm that are young and that you're acquiring these guys before the blowups happen or when they're depressed of value hits a certain point so that you can recoup as much value as possible on these players that can help you and set up your teams. When we add up all those inches, that's going to make the fucking difference between winning and losing. We won a game yesterday. And if we win one today, that's two in a row. We win one tomorrow. That's called a winning streak.